0: is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. That all changes starting right here and right now.
1: time over here at his hard line let's Let's go. go
0: and giving it back to you, the people.
1: of the show let's get started (laughs) greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there i am jason your co-host with our sovereign lord and savior christ jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high he is in charge he is in the captain's chair at the helm and behind the wheel therefore he is steering this great ship to these crazy rough waters that we call life so welcome to his heart line Today is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 634. We'll be doing a reading out of Job chapter 34, and today's topic is medical monsters. Please be advised that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. I don't possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice while I am a member of the Michigan General General Assembly. In good lawful standing, I am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assembly, and I do not endorse or advocate for violence. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purposes unless otherwise referenced. So there you go. All right. So, as usual, I want to thank you all for joining us on today's podcast and roughly around 72 percent of you i don't know if you know this but roughly around 72 percent of you who listen to this podcast or on a download side have yet to subscribe to this channel now my request to you is this if you find extreme value in what i offer and take away solid information as well as a positive message from this platform hit that subscribe button and share this show with your friends family and colleagues our mission is to spread god's word help people Ask Jesus to be in their heart while addressing significant topics related to family, true American history, and how to restore our republic of this great nation through the reassembly of states and counties. Sorry, I'm just checking my, my my sound levels here. Okay, but I do want to encourage you to engage with us by leaving comments in the comment section, subscribe to our social media, share our content, and you can find all those resources at our website at hishardline.com. Now, if you choose to support our work and continue to, you know, contribute to the uh, growth of this podcast, there is an option for making a gift available on our website, which is linked to Give, Send, Go, of which I give 10% back to Give, Send, Go for uh, using their platform. Now, your gift does not have to be monetary because there is a section over there on the campaign where you can actually submit a typed up prayer. That's right. So if you don't, you know, if you want to go over there and submit a prayer, there is a section for that as well over there. Um, But keep it, you know, just just know that, you know, don't feel obligated. Okay, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter to me. I honestly like the prayers. I'd rather have the prayers and the shares. That's the most important to me because at the end of the day, that's more important than money. And here's the thing. I know that this platform has God's support and I trust in him in all matters. And either way, I just want to tell you thank you for being part of this community. And we look forward to your continued support and prayers. So um what do I want to start with today? Well, first off, I wanna play a quick clip. Everyone's going bananas over this. I was hearing this um over uh uh let's see over on telegram um it's 18 seconds long I got a couple clips but l- listen to this people are just like oh my God did you hear what he said oh my gosh you're gonna end up in
0: World War Three because of this no reason for it millions of people will die I know the players I know the job I alone in this primary of Borne the burden of having troops in harm's way as commander in chief of the U.S. armed forces,
1: and that's right. He said it. He has the burden of having, you know, command of over the treat, you know, the troops as commander in chief. Here, you want to hear it again? That did sound kind of nice.
0: You're gonna end up in World War III because of this. No reason for it. Millions of people will die. I know the players. I know the job. I alone in this primary of. Borne the burden of having troops in harm's way as commander in chief of the U.S. armed forces, and
1: see that in his primary, he has borne you know, bearing the uh, burden, the burden as commander in chief of being ahead of the armed forces. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, this is pretty much obvious. We've been telling you this. Derek Johnson's been telling you this. Kirk over at Kirk's Law Corner has been telling us. The people who know military. Law have been telling you this and granted, I don't know military law through and through only other than what I learned from, you know, Derek Johnson, right. And others, but you know, I also have eyes and a brain and I read it. it, He's telling you right out in the open that he's still commander in chief, but yet people don't want to, you know, realize this people overlook this, but then the other people who were still kind of sleeping, and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. Oh my God. That's so great. Well, yeah. I mean, even Destry has been saying it too. He goes, I've been telling people this on the National Assembly call, but people for some reason people just don't want to listen. They don't want to believe it. I don't know what it is about the human condition, but you could present them with all the facts and evidence right before their very eyes, and for some reason, they just don't want to let it sink in. Here's something else that Trump was saying at a rally let's let's give this a listen to so so uh Derek Johnson posted this and he, this is what he said, looking up in the sky, seeing some beautiful signals coming down. Let's listen to that.
0: Got to know the, the parents and the relatives of so many of them and they're incredible people. We spent an evening in Bedminster listening to music, right? We listened to music. Oh, there they are. We had a good time. I said, I'll be with them maybe 15 or 20 minutes. We spent about three hours together, right, looking up in the sky. and seeing some beautiful signals coming down right to know-
1: beautiful signals coming down oh i don't know maybe the military aircraft which would equal the signals which would equal the root word equals the sign this is again from Derek johnson's page he's you know gold star family hanging out with commander-in-chief you know what do you think he's talking about he's talking about all the stuff you know all this all the military air traffic that's in the sky which by the way holy cats there is a lot of military air traffic. I posted a video on Telegram showing you the difference between all the air traffic uh, combined with commercial airliners and like FedEx and you know Amazon and private planes plus military. It looks like one big giant purple blob over America. But then, you, you know, I hit the setting that just, you know, shows me military aircraft. Obviously, that big purple blob goes away. But there is a ton, for some reason, a ton of military aircraft today in our skies what's going on i have no idea but it's exciting um let's see what else do we have here but you know here's the thing ladies and gentlemen we are we do have a continuity of operations going on we have a continuity of government and why is that because while the background in in the background the military is cleaning up this mess right draining the swamp as trump already you know said he would do okay but let's not also overlook the fact that there are 21 requisitions that are being carried out by the people in assembly so while the continuity of government is going on and they are following those 21 requisitions we have to be on the front end over here getting our assemblies together so then we can actually get our common law grand juries up and going because here's the thing we got a lot of unsealed indictments that need grand juries and trial juries, right? We need people to be involved and in, let's face it, pretty much three quarters across the country to be able to uh, conduct these these trials for these people who've committed crimes against humanity and have just done atrocious things. And like Destro's saying right here in the chat, military is following the orders that are issued by the people. And that was all originated originally by the Michigan General General Assembly, over well a decade ago now we have a continuity of government now excuse me um but you know again people people just don't people don't read people don't pay attention and like Destry was just saying too i guess people have to hear it on tv because you could have eight or ten of your friends Tell you, oh, Trump is commander in chief, and Biden is not even president. And you're going to tell all eight to ten of those people you're full of crap, you're a conspiracy nut job, you're crazy. Of course, Biden's president. I see him on Fox. I see him on CNN. Hell, he was just at the ball with with President Obama. They were holding hands together and, and making you know snuzzling each other. I, I see it on TV. If it's on TV, it's real, right? I mean, I thought I saw uh. Uh, big Mike. I mean, uh, Michelle Obama. I mean, she she rode in on a big pony in the White House. I mean, that's real. I saw it on TV, guys. I saw it on TV. It was real. I saw it with my own eyes. That's how people are. So I guess people got to see it on TV in order to believe it. I mean, <laughs> what the hell's going on? You know, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, the very crap that we've been trying to tell people for the last two, three years, we've been deemed crazy, but it's like, oh, oh, I I see it on TV. I was told about it on the news. I I saw it on C-SPAN. So, uh, uh, it it must be real, right? (laughs) It must be real. Okay. Anyway, I, the has got a point, you know, he's dead on. He's like, got to get their programming. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Anyway, so, well, <clears throat> where do I want to go with this? Okay, so here's one thing I want to say. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Please don't tell me. I thought I just deleted all my notes. I'm like, uh-oh. I hit a button on my phone, and I about uh, freaked out there for a second. I thought I was going to be in big trouble. So, <clears throat> one of the things that I got to tell you that really bothers me, when people attempt to put words in my mouth, All right. I was just telling my wife this today. I was I was ranting and raving about this earlier, but I, I cannot stand it when people try to attempt to attribute words to me that I never uttered or even had that thought come across my mind for that matter, right? Now, th- the reason I say that is because, you know, first off, I'll just tell you this. If you don't know this about me, you're going to know it now. This is a major pet peeve of mine because I, I just cannot stand when people try to put words in my mouth and, and look, it's not really a thing that people prefer to have, like who really wants to have words put in their mouth. Right. But recently at work, someone claimed that I, you know, along with another coworker expressed some dissatisfaction with, uh, shift bids, right. Cause we get to the end of the year. We do, we, we shift, we bid on shifts, um, you know, at the end of the year, and then they take effect in January. And obviously it starts with the people with the most seniority. I'm number five out of 22 drivers. So needless to say, I get the, get a pretty good premium shift, generally speaking. Uh, but anyway, but we conduct this every year at the end of every year. Now, according to the source that my supervisor was talking to, who makes the shifts, by the way, you know, we were supposedly, you know, supposedly he was telling me. He was like I hear that you and uh, so you know so and so was upset and you wanted to propose changes specifying you know s- certain start times for specific trucks on you know or make similar adjustments like that right I'm like what are you talking about I'm like I never said any of that See this type of situation is kind of concerning for me because I make an absolute concerted effort to choose my words carefully right like I I tr- I, I really do my best to be mindful of not only the words of themselves that I speak, but also of the arrangement and the audience that's around me. Like I really try to do my best because let's, let's just face it. There's just some things you can't say around certain people because certain people just can't be trusted because certain people like to embellish the truth. And so in today's world, you know, where self-preservation is pretty much paramount, it's crucial, I think to balance, um, it is crucial to balance looking out for yourself, right? For oneself without uh, again, intentionally harming others, whether that's physically or to someone's reputation. But ultimately, you know, you you gotta, you gotta be your own best advocate, right? You gotta stand for the truth. You gotta refuse to remain silent. Because when someone's telling you, hey, I heard you said this, don't sit there and be like, oh, I didn't really say that. No, stand firm and be like, no, I absolutely did not say that. You know, because here's the thing, we live in a world that's immersed in what I would like to call a narrative war. We are in a narrative war, and it's essential to recognize that the vectors, the the victors, I should say, not the vectors, the victors, right? The people who win. All right. And we've all heard this. They often write the history books, right? We've always heard this. The victors write the history books. No matter how immoral or how corrupt the winning was or how much cheating, they will corrupt the narrative and make it look like they are the good guys, right? Or gals. Now, this reoccurring issue needs to be addressed, in my opinion. Now, while I like to believe that there are individuals with strong, ethical, sound, moral fiber who would present an unbiased narrative, the reality is is that there are still personal agendas that often subtly influence their storytelling. Now, that doesn't make them a bad person, but let's just face facts. That's kind of human nature. But it's no wonder that the Bible advises us not to trust in man or man-made institutions, but to trust in God alone, right? Because when individual men and women are left alone to tell their stories, no matter how well-intentioned, there often seems to be a subconscious agenda to shape a narrative that preserves a positive image. And I get it. You don't want to portray yourself making yourself look bad. So, again, I would be a liar if I said I wasn't, and I know this is going to sound like an oxymoron, but I'm going to say it. I would be a damn liar if I said I wasn't innocently guilty of this myself. And again, yes, I know that was an oxymoron. But this pervasive problem is increasing, increasingly apparent in today's society as people seek self-promotion, fame, right? People seek recognition in the eyes of the world. And let's face facts. In reality, our focus should actually be on, you know, being recognized and being famous in our Father in Heaven's eyes, right? By God. We need to be, we need to focus on being recognized by God rather than seek the approval from others. Now, while I care about the opinions of those in my close circles, I disregard the opinions of strangers. I mean, listen, it's crucial to be cautious about the information we receive. There's no doubt about it. And considering its source and its intentions behind the message as people may use the truth for malicious purposes. Yeah, that's right. You can use the truth for malicious and for malicious purposes. Well, Jason, how do you do that? Well, okay. I'll give you a real life example. Okay. Now, when I used to DJ, I DJed for a friend of mine. I'm going to keep his name nameless, but a friend of mine in a different state, of course. And, you know, he was married, beautiful wife. He had two kids. He had a, he had his own business. He was a smart man, homeowner, right? Owned this nightclub. He had it all. Nice beautiful fifth wheel camper. Right. And of course, being a bar owner, he had bartenders. Well, needless to say, he was messing with one of them. And I knew about this for quite some time. Well, whenever I would come into town to DJ for his club, I would typically stay in his guest bedroom. Well, one day he dropped me off after the club shut down. He's like, Hey, uh, I gotta go back to the bar and I gotta get, I gotta take care of this, that, and the other. I'm like, all right, whatever. Right. And I'm in my, you know, in, in my guest room, right in his house, just kind of settling in for the night, getting ready to go to bed and his wife busts right in the door. And she's like, where's he at? I know he's messing around. I'm like, oh, here we go now. Back to the whole, using the truth for malicious purposes. Now I knew the truth. Now, if I want to like really be, you know, whatever, right if i did not like this guy I'd be like yeah you know he's really messing around on you and like just you know like try to dig that hole deeper for him right to just to to poke that hole even larger for more water to to drain out of it right like that's what i'm talking about but like she cornered me and she's like where is he at and i'm like uh, uh 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 this is awkward this is awkward right she goes he, she, he's messing around right and i'm like <sighs> and all i could do at that point cuz i couldn't lie to her and all i did was just shake my head like yeah, but some people would take that opportunity. If they didn't like a certain person, they'd be like, oh yeah, he's straight up messing. In fact, he's messing around with you, not only with so-and-so, but he's doing it with this girl and this girl too, right? Trying to poke further. That's what I'm talking about. Using the truth for malicious intent. So we got to watch out for people like that, right? Because we are in a war of narratives and facing a spiritual battle in what a lot call a fifth generational warfare. And it's essential to be cautious, to be your own best advocate as no, and, and I and I hope you hear me loud and clear because this will probably be the best piece of advice I'll give you that's unsolicited. I know you're not asking, but I'm giving it to you anyway. Nobody will care as much as you do. Let me repeat myself: nobody will care as much as you do. You have to be your be- your own best advocate. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. You have to be your own best advocate. Now, before we get into the other half of the show, talking about medical monsters, let's get into the reading of Job chapter 34. So starting with verse 1, I believe I am reading out of the New King James Version Bible today. Like I said, I bounce around from different versions. All right, try to keep it diverse because I know everybody's got their preferred version. Some people like NIV, ESV, NASB. Everyone's got their version. So I try to bounce around Old English, New English, freaking... The only thing you're not going to hear out of me is Hebrew or Latin because I don't know any of that. All right. You guys are going to completely unsubscribe from this channel if I tried doing any of that. And you're like, nope, nope, nope. Unsubscribe. All right. So starting with verse one, Elihu further answered and said, hear my words, you wise men and give to give ear to me. You who have knowledge for the ear test words as the palate tastes food. Now let us choose justice for ourselves, and let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am righteous, but God has taken away my justice. Should I lie concerning my right? My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. What man is like Job, who drinks scorn like water? Who goes in company with the workers of iniquity and walks with wicked men? For he has said, It profits a man nothing that he should delight in God. Therefore listen to me, you men of understanding, for be it from God to do wickedness, and from the Almighty to commit iniquity. For he repays man according to his work, and makes man to find a reward according to his way. Surely God will never do wickedly, nor will the Almighty pervert justice. Who gave him charge over the earth, or who appointed him over the whole world? If he should set his heart on it, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. Now, if you have understanding, hear this. Listen to the sounds of my words. Should one who hates justice govern? Will you condemn him who is most just? Is it fitting to say to a king, you are worthless? and to nobles you are wicked. Yet he is not partial to princes, nor does he regard the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. Now in a moment they die. In the middle of the night the people are shaken and pass away. The mighty are taken away without a hand, for his eyes are on the ways of man, and he sees all his steps. Now there is no darkness nor shadow of death, where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves, for he need not further consider a man that he should go before God in judgment. He breaks in pieces mighty men without inquiry, and sets others in their place. Therefore, he knows their works. He overthrows them in the night, and they are crushed. He strikes them as wicked men. In the open sight of others, because they turned back from him and would not consider any of his ways, so that they caused the cry of the poor to come to him, for he hears the cry of the afflicted. And when he gives quietness, who then can make trouble? And when he hides his face, who then can see him, whether it is against a nation or a man alone? That the hypocrite should not reign, lest the people be ensnared. For has anyone said to God, I have borne chastening? I will offend no more. Teach me, what is, teach me what I do not see, and if I have done iniquity, I will do no more. Should he repay it according to your terms, just because you disavow it? You must choose, and not I. Therefore, speak what you know. Men of understanding say to me, Wise men who listen to me. Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without wisdom. Oh, that Job were tried to the utmost because his answers are like those of wicked men. For he adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. And that is the reading of Job chapter 34, verses 1 through 37. All right. So in this talk with Job, Elihu, all right, um, basically, uh what he's doing is he's he's kind of bringing forward you know about you know what how do I say this so basically there's a deep dive into the fairness of what's going on here right being right or wrong and how our actions have consequences now let's break it down in simpler terms of what we just read right that would more resonate with our everyday lives so when life throws us that proverbial curveball right it's natural to seek explanations or try to find someone to blame, right? If you're that type of person, right? Now, Elihu here in this reading, Elihu questions. Uh, Elihu's question encourages us to pause and reflect on our response to hardship. And instead of pointing fingers outwardly, he prompts us to turn the spotlight inward, asking, uh, "Did I play a role in this situation?" right? Like, did I have something to do with this uh, scenario that took place? See, this introspective approach challenges us to acknowledge our influence in life's events. And it's not about shouldering unnecessary guilt. That's not what this is about. But rather, it's about taking responsibility for our actions and choices, right? Holding yourselves accountable, something a lot of people don't really know how to do. Alihu suggests that by understanding our contribution, we gain insights into how we can navigate challenges differently in the future. Now, imagine a scenario where a project at work goes off the rails. Now, instead of blaming external factors, Alihu would encourage us to consider our part in it. Now, did we communicate effectively? Did we overlook crucial details, right? This self-examination isn't about beating ourselves up, but rather it's about having a constructive evaluation that's aimed at ourselves so we can have continued learning and growing. And so by like, what I'm saying is by adopting this mindset, we empower ourselves to break free of a cycle of blame and victimhood. It's a call to be accountable, right? fostering a proactive approach to problem solving. Now, Elihu's wisdom nudges us to be the architects of our own growth, even in the face of adversity, by recognizing our role and striving to make positive changes moving forward. Now, Elihu's emphasis on humility, it speaks to a fundamental aspect of personal growth and self-awareness. Now, when he urges us to be humble, he's essentially asking whether we're open to acknowledging our imperfections and learning from our mistakes. Like, are you willing to learn from your mistakes? That's a very tough question for a lot of people to answer, believe it or not, because this is one of the many reasons why I often tell you folks right here on this platform that pride and ego have often left the building a long time ago in the world of Jason Jones. Why? Because as people continue to shelter pride and ego within their being, there will never really be a true level of accountability and inward self-reflection so you can continue to grow and learn. So by being willing to admit when you've made a mistake is like opening a door to self-discovery. It's not, again, it's not about self-condemnation, but rather it's recognition that, hey, we're imperfect people, right? We're prone to errors and missteps. And Alihu suggests that true humility involves a genuine acceptance of our flaws without letting them define us. That's the other part. Don't let your flaws define who you are. Your flaws do not define who you are. They just help mold who you're going to be in the future. Consider another situation where you realize that you've made a wrong decision. We have all done it. And in this wrong decision, we decide to embrace humility and embracing humility means saying, crap, I messed up, but you know what? I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to take away a valuable lesson from this, right? It's about extracting lessons from our experiences and understanding what went wrong and committing to do better next time. So you don't make that same mistake again. So in context, right, in this context, humility becomes a powerful catalyst for personal development because it enables us to grow, evolve, refine our character rather than dwelling on our mistake itself, which many people often do. And then they resort to other stuff to numb their, you know, numb themselves because they feel worthless. So they resort to alcohol, they resort to drugs or whatever, right? Other self-destructive behaviors because now they're starting to feel bad about themselves. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. So, Elihu's wisdom encourages us to focus on the opportunity for improvement that it presents. So, being humble is not about beating ourselves up, if I have not made that clear enough. It's about approaching life with a teachable spirit. And Elihu's call to humility invites us to view mistakes as stepping stones. Now, the warning against being too proud, I'm going to say this, I'm going to end on this note, okay? Okay. The warning against being too proud or rebellious is like a reminder to stay down to earth. It's saying, don't let pride get in the way of seeing things clearly, because sometimes we need to take a step back. Sometimes we need to take a step back. We need to shut our mouth, listen. That's why God gave you two ears. Learn. That's why God gave you a brain especially when it comes to understanding what is fair and just. And this is exactly what we're looking for in people in the National Assembly. See, we don't just want any Tom, Dick, and Harry to be a member of the Assembly. We want people who are critical thinkers. We want people who know how to accept responsibility and and and, and hold themselves accountable, but at the same time not beat themselves up when they do make a mistake. How are you going to improve? How are you gonna learn from this, right? So in our everyday lives, we need to remember to reflect on our actions when things go haywire. We need to stay humble. We need to be open to learning and to avoid being too proud to see where we might have gone wrong. And that way we can navigate life's ups and downs with a bit more wisdom and understanding. So that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is what I have for you on this lesson from Job chapter 34. Now, I'm going to take a quick little short break and then we'll be right back and we'll get into the topic of medical monsters. I got about four audio pieces that is just going to, oh my gosh, it's going to really break your heart a little bit um, after I heard some of this today. Some of you may have heard it, but we'll get into that on the other side. I'll be right back in about 45 seconds. All right, we're on the second half of the show. Medical monsters. Medical monsters. Oh, boy. Jason, we're not in Halloween anymore. We're out of October. Why are we talking about monsters? Well, because they exist, and they're not going anywhere yet, Uh, which, again, this is one of the biggest reasons why we need to get our Assembly of States up and rocking and rolling, because... These medical monsters that we have, right, and big pharma and in the hospitals, right, the big medical institutions. There's a lot of people, okay. And I'm not saying everybody, all right, because so, so if you got family members that are in big, you know, in the medical system, right? And they really truly genuinely have a big heart for helping people, hopefully getting people better, not pumping them full of pills and other crap that would kill them in the long term. All right. Those people do exist. I get it. I have some family members, both on my side and my wife's side, that are either ER doctors or they're nurses. So, look, we got people in the medical industry as well. But here's the bottom line. Let's not overlook the fact that family or not, okay, you might have a certain image of them. Okay, you might have a certain image of them and you might think they would not do anything malicious towards other people. But listen, I'm going to tell you right now, money is a very strange motivator of very strange behaviors and 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 would make people do things that you wouldn't think they would do. Money makes people do some really outlandish things or dare I say the lack of money, because that's what took my 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 first late stepfather who hung himself because of severe money, financial issues. It was a terrible time. I've already told you that story. Like I said, it was a very tragic time in my life. It was first time I ever saw somebody dead, you know, especially somebody at self-inflicted death on themselves. It was, you know, very traumatic, especially when you're working with them. You know, I was working for him, right? And uh yeah, it was just a you know terrible situation. But money does really strange things to people's behavior. And so where I'm getting at with this is that with the medical institutions, when people are met with a certain task, say you will do this and I will give you a raise of this amount. Well, Jason, what are you talking about? Like, what do you exactly are you going at with this? Okay, I'm talking about the COVID shots. Or putting people on ventilators when they come in, right? Well, you're going to mark them down for COVID, right? So when they die, you're going to mark their their death certificate with COVID because this hospital will get an extra fifteen thousand dollar bonus on top of the other forty five thousand that's already received just for that patient to be in here. And if you want to get that eight hundred, you know, that eight thousand dollar bonus yourself personally, you're going to mark that death certificate, whatever, right? I'm just I'm just throwing numbers out there. But what I'm saying is, even with my own family, if I ever find out. That my family capitulated and they gave the COVID shots to, you know, to a bunch of people out there. And if I ever found out that that was the case, whether if they died or not, here's the thing. The information was out there. Many people were dying. And if I ever found out that my own family members gave the COVID shot to people, oh, you better believe I'm bringing a grand jury investigation against your rear end. Make no mistake, because when you put people's lives at risk or you are responsible for taking the life of somebody else, you took somebody else away from their family. Don't think I won't for one second, just because you are family. Don't think for one second I won't put investigations on your ass and put you in front of a grand jury and indict your ass. Make no mistake. People do really strange things for money. And there's a lot of medical monsters out there because of the love of money. Now, uh, when my daughter was four months old, all right, this is kind of going into the vaccine topic for a minute. Now, I don't know if my wife and uh, wife, if you hear me just put in the chat, if, uh, you know, if Haven's in bed or not, um, cause I was going to call her and get her on the line for like two, three minutes real quick, just to share the story. Cause I have four audio pieces I want to play. So it's not going to be too long winded. Um, but you know, when our daughter was four months old, we got her. Uh, we, we, we were doing vaccines. In fact, let me, so she says she's in bed. Let me just get her on the line real quick. Cause she, she would be able to remember more of the details than me. Like I was there, but hold on. Let me just get her on the line real quick. Hi. Oh, do you have me on speakerphone?
2: Now
1: you. Oh, I'm going to say you sound so far away.
2: Well, it was weird, right? As you were talking about, um, Haven and me, my audio like
1: cut out. Strange. It's like they don't want us to talk about it. Huh. Yeah. Well anyway. Like, so Haven was four months old, right? When 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 we had that experience after we got this is before we woke up, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So just don't 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 crucify us. Okay. This is before we woke up. We were kind of, you know, on the fence and kind of already suspect of vaccines, but we weren't what you would call we, we were still sleepers, right? We were sleepwalking in our life and in, in the slumber. Okay. So just FYI. So again, don't crucify us, but um, our daughter, right. When Haven was four, we went and did that, you know, we were, well, first off, let me just tell you this folks, when she was born, now I was. She was,
2: was four months
1: old. Well, yeah, but what I was going to say is, when when Haven was first born, and this is what tra- traumatized your mom, which, by the way, her mom was in the delivery room because I was in Indianapolis trying to drive up back to Michigan because I wasn't there when she went into labor. But after Haven was born, the first thing they started doing was jabbing her in her leg, right, both legs, with the Hep B shot. Yeah. Like in both, and both oh. legs, right? Boom, boom, right? Yeah. And it's like, holy crap. And that traumatized the hell out of my mother-in-law. She's like, I can't believe they did that. Like, that, she just couldn't believe it. Hep B. So anyways, fast-forwarding to uh, her being four months old. We go for her well-baby exam, right? That was a well-baby check. And yeah. I think it was due for some vaccines, correct? Yep. Okay. And then, so what was, do you remember the vaccine? I can't remember off the top of my head.
2: I don't, and I didn't uh, pull up her stuff to look to see
1: which ones it was either. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll follow up on that. I'll, I'll Maybe we can look at that, and then I'll you know, maybe bring it up on another show. But anyway, so whatever this vaccine was, she got it. And now keep in mind, leading up to the vaccine, happy baby, always smiling, just giggling, making eye contact, just completely engaging in everything that we're doing, right? You could take your finger, move it side to side. She's following with her eyes. No problem. After this vaccine, quote-unquote, poison, it was like she was a different baby. What, for like, what, a month?
2: A month to two months, yeah.
1: And what happened after this shot, if you don't mind sharing this with the people?
2: There were, there was just nothing to her. She was just... No smiles? Big, there no smiles, no giggles, no interest in toys, no nothing. Haven was gone.
1: Yeah, it's like she was just a shell of a daughter at that point and it was like her soul was like not there anymore. Yeah. I mean, it it was it was very scary. It was very scary. Chris in Michigan here in the chat says I have four now adult children that never had any vaccines and they have had a life free from allergies, anxiety or any uh any Any of the ordinary illnesses, 18, 22, 24, and 27. That's awesome. Yeah, and there's a guy that I used to work with. Um, He's since moved on to bigger and better things, but same thing. His parents never uh, gave him any vaccines, and the guy is never sick, never had allergies, never had any type of basic ailments that most people typically suffer today. You know, it's uh, very interesting. Um, And he says, all credit due to the misses. That's right. You know, the wives are very smart in these cases, but... But, yeah, so for a month, she was pretty much not really our little girl. I mean, she was our little girl, obviously, but she wasn't herself, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and then what? We
2: actually had to take her to uh, to urgent care because she uh, wasn't breathing.
1: That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. And she wasn't breathing. And it was that moment, ladies and gentlemen, where we decided to do a delayed at that point, we're like, OK, we're not going to have all these freaking jabs in this teeny tiny little body. There's just something not right about that. Now, you would think, OK, Jason, Katie, you guys should probably take that as a sign, right? No, we we did. But again, because of how we were brainwashing, how we had it drilled in our heads, right? Because you can't get your baby in this hospital unless they're up to date on their vaccines. Otherwise, we're just going to deny all medical stuff, you know, medical uh, treatments to you. Well, as parents, right? You, you, you want what's best for your kids. So you're like, well, I, I can't, I can't let my kid not be able to get in the hospital. I have to keep these up, right? It's like their version of currency. Like yeah. if you want to be able to accept this service, you better accept vaccines. Otherwise they're not allowed in here, right? and so anyway it was a very scary situation but anyway i i appreciate you getting on here and sharing a little bit of that but now she's doing better and and i'll i'm proud to tell you all just so you know no she is not getting any more vaccines um thank god COVID actually occurred because that put a kibosh on all of that crap and thankfully we actually found a doctor a pediatrician um who was awake to what vaccines do and how terribly poisonous they are And guess what? Does not require a vaccine schedule at all. So all is well in the world. The kid's no longer getting poisoned by these medical monsters. It's freaking great. So now we just have to buy some Zeolite to try to extract whatever, you know, toxic heavy metals are already in her as well as ourselves. And we're going to try to go down that path. So if any of you have a good link for Zeolite or something like that, shoot it my way over at hisheartline.com. But anyway, love, well, I'll let you get back to it. Thanks for uh, popping in for a minute. (laughs) all right love you
2: okay
1: but uh so yeah um that was very scary so the first audio i want to play um just give this a listen to now have you guys seen the video series the fall of the cabal i'm sure a lot of you have heard of it the fall of the cabal there's there is the uh, fall of the cabal the end of the world as we know it i think is what it was called it was like i think total in time frame, like three, almost four hours, something like that, in total, and then there was a sequel to it. Now, the audio that I'm playing is part of the sequel, and I want to say it's episode part five, I think. So, with the audio I'm playing is part of the sequel. Now, I got some audio, so let's let's get into the first one because this is very very heartbreaking. Uh, cut one.
3: Did you know that babies in the US get 26 injections, five at a time, against 14 different diseases? Before they have reached the age of 18, They receive 14 more jabs, COVID not included. And did you know that of all those vaccination cocktails, no studies were ever performed by the medical establishment on their possible side effects? Not one? Did you know that the number of people with autism grows exponentially each year? It is estimated that this year more children will be diagnosed with autism than with AIDS, cancer, and diabetes combined. It affects 1 in 54 children. The medical establishment strongly rejects a possible connection between autism and vaccinations. But how on earth can you wipe away a case like this? Every day in
2: our life was a party. Every single day they were holding hands and smiling and laughing and looking at each other, engaging in each other. On June 25th, 2007, we brought him in for the pneumococcal shot. So just that shot? One shot. We went in at 10 a.m. for the shot. By noon, Claire shot completely off. It was as if she was blind and deaf and um, complete uh, failure to thrive from super, super happy, smiley girl to, um, this is a picture of her. She had full blown eye contact. She was super lovely and um, she shut right down. And all she did at that moment was stare at the ceiling fan. So that was at noon. We had the shot at 10 a.m., 2 o'clock. We watched Richie shut off. All the giggles, um, all the smiles, and again, failure to thrive. Um, they lost all their reflexes. They stopped blinking, stopped yawning, stopped coughing, stopped sneezing. So that was two o'clock. We watched Richie shut down and I couldn't breathe. But the, there <laughs> we go. The worst is when we saw the final one shut down. Robbie looked like he was hit by a bus. Um, Robbie from that moment on had a stunned look on his face. He lost his happiness. This is a first um, first year picture first birthday
0: 3 months after the shot.
2: 3 months after the shot, they were no longer engaged in anything or anyone. They lost their smiles. They they just were um, in their own little separate worlds. They never held hands again. They never looked at each other again vaccine injury is real we were told it was genetic and then we were told by geneticists that there's no possible way three children would shut off on the same day
1: and i want to tell you forget that whole it's genetics thing i call bull crap on that all day long i don't care if i don't care if people try telling you diabetes is in your family genes no no i don't care if they say you got you got you know, high blood pressure or whatever. No, no. It's all in the crap that we put in our bodies. Did you know, and it's going to come up in the auto in here, but if you, did you know that the Amish, there is virtually no autism in the Amish community. Gee, I wonder why that is continuing.
2: That that was absolutely statistically impossible, especially being two boys and one girl. So we were also told we could not sue anyone. We were told we signed for that shot. No doctors could be sued, no vaccine uh, manufacturers could be sued. Um, so we had severe autism um, spectrum disorder for all three kids entering kindergarten.
0: What happened is we woke up one morning and we had three happy, healthy nine-month-old children. By that evening, you know, we took them for a vaccination. By that evening, they were autistic. Uh, what we said to our pediatrician is, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to. We're not going to do any more vaccinations until we know what happened here. What they said is, if you don't continue to do exactly what you did the day your children turned autistic, we're going to fire you from our practice. So
2: they broke up with us.
0: They broke up. <laughs> they
2: sent us a lovely letter saying we were no longer welcome at their practice because we weren't going to continue well baby checks.
0: And that is the one decision that we'll never regret.
1: That's right.
2: Mm-hmm. They can argue with families that your child, cause it might be a single child, was genetic. They can try and put that back on the family and say somehow your genes are weak. But with us having two boys and one girl, they lose the argument with us, hands down. So we are the living proof that they're all lying.
3: Did you know that there is no autism amongst the Amish communities? Their vaccination rates are very low to non-existent. Coincidence? Dr. Frank Noonan, who has been treating Amish children for over 25 years, once said, you'll find all the other stuff, but we don't find autism. We're right in the heart of Amish country and seeing none, and that's just the way it is. Dr. Dan Olmsted confirmed Noonan's findings. He called this phenomenon the Amish Anomaly. Did you know that the American government has paid 4.5 billion US dollars as financial compensation as a result of vaccinations gone wrong? mind you not the vaccine producers have to pay for the damage caused they made sure they are above the law with their non-liability disclosures
1: that's right because they have full immunity and the amish anomaly is not really an anomaly it's just a simple result of not getting your babies jabbed right out of the womb there's nothing That is an anomaly anomaly about that. It's just a result of not getting needles of pharmacophia poison, right? Witchcraftery spells from the big pharma industries being put into your body. I don't see how that's an anomaly. That's just simple results of, of what happens when you don't do something. And yeah, and my wife even makes a very good point. Even even taking shots while pregnant, never again. They try. They got my wife to take two. What was it? Two Tdap shots. I think is what it was. Yeah, two Tdap shots. And there is one shot. What was that one shot, babe? They wanted you to take uh for blood clots but you refused because you had a really bad gut feeling about it and it's re- it, it actually turned out that a lot of women that get it when they give birth their babies end up being i think autistic yeah Lovinax. that's what it was lovenax the Lovinax shot do not get the okay now remember what i said in the beginning ladies and gentlemen i am not a financial advisor or a pastor or a priest or biblical scholar. What else do I say? I'm not a doctor or a holistic health expert. So just FYI, but I'm telling you right now, you might want to do your own research. I'll just say that, do your own research before you get needles put inside of your body. I think my wife was just telling me earlier this morning, uh, the flu shot damn near killed her grandmother. The one and only time I got a flu shot. Look, I'll just tell you my own experiences, right? You do what you want, but I urge you to do your own research. Cause again, I'm not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. Don't play one on TV, but the one and only time I got a flu shot was in high school. I was a junior. I think it was, I was a junior in high school and I got the flu shot and guess what? I felt like crap the next few, several days. Cause I got so sick. And ever since then, never got a flu shot after that. And boy, what do you know? I was just fine. And yeah, tetanus is bogus too. April was saying tetanus is bogus. That's right. Yeah, my wife says it almost killed my grandma Simmer. She fought so hard for her life after that for a few weeks. See, these medical monsters are going to pay in these trials and tribunals in some cases, okay? And in some cases, they've already started to, to pay, I believe, all right? In my heart, I do believe that because I believe it's part of the 21 requisitions, part and parcel anyway. And there are there is going to be accountability and responsibility that is going to be held in public purview in front of the world to see for all these people of what they've done. Look, I don't care if it's my own family members or if it's my neighbor, because we have people we know that are in the medical industry. If they were in part and parcel, partook in, well, given the COVID jab or partake, you know, partook in any shape, way, shape or form in taking somebody's life, right? Accidentally, of course, right? Because it's medical error. I really think that people are going to end up being held accountable in trials. They may not get a death penalty, but they might definitely have a severe heavy sentence. That's going to be brought upon them once they are uh, judged among their peers. Let's get to the next audio here.
3: On day one of life, Infants receive 17 times more aluminum than would be allowed if doses were adjusted per body weight, which they are not. At the current time, there are no known or published studies specifically defining levels of aluminum in any vaccine product based on safety studies of aluminum. According to the FDA's guidelines, 850 micrograms of aluminum is what is deemed safe for an adult. However, the amounts of aluminum a tiny infant receives drastically surpasses the safety levels. Following the current vaccination schedule, an infant gets 1225 micrograms of aluminum by 2 months of age wow. and 4925 micrograms by 18 months. Wow. Furthermore, A safe level of aluminum has never been established for infants and children.
1: That's sad. That's a lot of aluminum. That is a lot of aluminum. And that's exactly what they spray in the air along with barium. Jason, what are you talking about? Oh, you know those chemtrails that they spray up there that they claim is for geoengineering? Yeah, it's aluminum and barium. You take those two, you you take the, the, with the abbreviations of those elements from the periodic table, A, L, and B, A. Well, you rearrange them and you put barium first and then aluminum last. What do you spell? I'll let you figure it out. Let's go to cut number three.
3: Heard of the sudden infant death syndrome, also known as cot death or crib death? It is the sudden unexplained death of a child of less than one year of age. SIDS usually occurs during sleep. In the US, about 3,400 babies die of SIDS each year. The sad truth is that parents whose baby died of SIDS were often accused of killing their baby by shaking it or by smothering it. Many of those parents ended up in jail. Many were innocent. Can you imagine the horror? First your precious baby dies, then you are accused of its death. Any possible connection with the vaccination the baby just received is fervently denied by the authorities. You are sentenced to several years in prison. Your family is destroyed and you get the blame. God knows how many parents had to go through this hell and never fully recovered from it. When you hear what's actually in those vaccines, you will understand that the correlation between SIDS and vaccinations is not based on coincidence, as the CDC wants us to believe. Not only that, it is well known by the authorities and the vaccine producers. Now, if this doesn't make you mad, we don't know what will. So, here we go. Number 9. Did you know that the following adjuvants are used in vaccines? Thimerosal, a mercury-based preservative. For years, Provaxers have been trying to deny the use of mercury in vaccines. Yet, thimerosal, and thus mercury, is present in the following vaccines. Also, DTAP vaccines are still recommended and administered to pregnant women.
1: So, interesting. So, mercury is in a lot of these vaccines, right? And I just did a quick, uh, you know, Google research here. For lack of better, you know, search engines here. And I just typed in dangers of ingesting mercury, right? Because ingesting, okay, it's not like you're swallowing it, but you're still taking it in your body, right? Through shot or whether you're taking it orally, doesn't matter. It's going in your body and it's in your bloodstream and it's circulating through your entire system. So right here, it says right at the top: symptoms of poisoning from elemental mercury, tremors. Headaches, difficulty sleeping, impaired sensations, muscle weakness and twitching, emotional changes, mood swings, irritability, nervousness, kidney damage, breathing difficulties. Well, well, well. What else? Let's see here. What happens if you consume mercury? If inorganic mercury enters your bloodstream, it can attack the kidneys and brain. Permanent kidney damage and kidney failure may occur, and a large amount in the bloodstream may cause massive blood and fluid loss from diarrhea and kidney failure, leading to death. Yeah, but Jason, Jason, just calm down a second. It's not like they're they're feeding mercury by the freaking tablespoon. It's just little bits and pieces to help preserve it. No, I'm not buying that bullstein. Um, I'm not buying that Bolstein one bit. Okay, don't sit there and tell me that poisons like mercury is used to. What's the word I'm looking for? To to preserve the shot? Get out of here. That's like saying, well, I'm going to put just a little bit of antifreeze in your cough medicine every day because it helps it give a nice little sweet taste to it no it's eventually it's going to kill you eventually it's going to kill you or do some heavy damage to you at least last audio cut four and let me see i was reading something here um yeah and my wife is right she says aluminum can cause alzheimer's disease that's right um destry was saying right here this is one way the cabal destroys the family in order to attempt to try to take over the country again They go after the men. They go after the masculinity. They go after the children by trying to break up the family. They try to uh, gender confuse people. So then people then believe that they need to gender mutilate themselves because they feel like they either have to be the opposite sex in which they were born. Therefore, when they do do what they do, and then let's just say they decide mentally, oh my God, that was a very bad mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Stupid me. I want to go back to being a boy again. Well, guess what? sorry, you just completely destroyed your reproductive organs. Therefore you are rendered incapable of being able to produce offspring going forward in a loving and, 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 and prosperous marriage to have a family. Like you can't do that now. You can't do that. And this is just another way that they try to destroy the family so they can try to take over our country is take away our ability to reproduce and stay healthy. That's why they want to inject all this poison into us, ladies and gentlemen. Last cut, cut number four.
3: Then, fetal tissue. Vaccines must be grown in a substrate, which simply means that it takes living tissue to grow the microscopic vaccine ingredients. For decades, that living tissue has been aborted fetus cells. This is common knowledge but not many people know that an Italian research study performed by Corvelva showed that the MMRV vaccine manufactured by GlaxoSmithKline contained an entire human genome. Now, the maximum limit of fetal DNA in vaccinations is set on 10 nanograms. This MMRV vaccine, however, went 325 times over that limit. This is both insane and outrageous. The so called fetal cells are only used to grow viruses excuse used by vaccine manufacturers has turned out to be a plain lie more studies have shown that vaccines contain unacceptably high levels of fetal DNA fragment contaminants.
1: Yeah, no thanks. That's pretty disgusting. I'm sorry. I'll pass on the fetal shots. All right. I will pass on the fetal shots. That is absolutely grotesque and disgusting. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, Um, you do what you want. Okay. Because remember, this is not a medical show. Sorry for making a bunch of noise. This is not a medical show. This is not designed to be a, you know, listen to health advice from Jason Jones. That's not what this is, okay? I'm just playing a video, again, snippets from The Fall of the Cabal, uh, Mm -hmm. the sequel, okay? And all I'm trying to do is prompt critical thought and to have you ask those tough questions. Uh, April was just saying right here in the chat, who is another listener, she says, very difficult to know that your grandkids are having to experience vaccine roulette. My oldest son believes I'm cray cray with my new insights into the evils of the medical system. That's right. You know, and it really sucks. And look, you're not alone, April. Uh, I think you're in good company here because the thing of the matter is is we've had a lot of our family members. I mean, listen, my, my wife's cousin is an ER doc and his wife is as well. And his mother, um, has some pretty severe, uh, respiratory issues. Very, very severe. And because it's her son and she's in her sixties, mid sixties, I believe, but because it is her son, you're going to trust your son, right? Because he went to medical school. He knows, he knows he went to school for ladies and gentlemen. He's a smart guy. And look, he is smart. Okay. I don't want to take anything from him. He's actually a very smart guy. I I like, I, I like the guy a lot, but, um, Here's the thing. He also was taught taught by the, you know, the cabal established, you know, establishment uh, medical school system. They basically taught how to keep people in a state of dis-ease so you have repeat customers so they can keep making money off of you through the insurance uh, industry, through the uh, big pharma and vaccine industry and just in general surgeries, right? There's big profits in keeping us sick and keeping us in a state of dis-ease. So we're always coming back. Look, they don't make money off healthy people. I mean, think about this. What if the car industry made the perfect car? Made the perfect car. The thing turn into a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or an Audi when you wanted it, right? The, any car you dreamed of having, it could turn into that car in an instant, like a transformer. And then let's just say that same car, you could take that same car and you can transform it into a four-wheel drive pickup truck for those mountain trips you're gonna to take to Colorado or Canada, or wherever you wanna go, right? Go to the lake. And then let's just say, eh, I kinda of wanna RV it up. And then that car that can turn into a truck could turn into a driving RV. And this thing never broke down. It never broke down. You never had to do repairs on it. It was the, it was it was state of the art technology. It was so good, even the tires never wore down. That's how good this car, this vehicle was. Is this automobile right? If automakers made and again, that's a very very big, uh, fantasy there that I just painted for you guys but i'm using this as a as 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 a for you know as to get your 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 brain thinking for a minute the auto industry if they had the capability would never make something like that they would never make a vehicle that would do all those things that would never break down that would never have to have parts replaced on it they like i said if they had that ability they would never do it why because they would never make money did you know new car dealerships they don't make their money selling new cars did you know that don't they don't make money selling cars you know where most of their money is being made at in the shop their money is being made in the shop doing maintenance preventative maintenance oil changes services replacements tires parts yes that's where the dealership makes their money just like a gas station did you know a gas station does not make money selling gas Well, Jason, they're charging me $3.50 a gallon. Yeah. Did you know that gas station, if they're lucky, might make one cent a gallon? Well, Jason, how the hell do they make their money? Coffee, cigarettes. The gas is just something that gets them to the store. They make their money on the back end selling cigarettes and soft drinks and coffee. Well, it's the same thing with dealerships. They make their money on the back end with service and parts. Okay. Well, just again, the medical institution, they're they're not there to make you healthy folks. They're there to keep you sick so they can keep giving you drugs and they can keep getting their bonuses and they can keep buying their Mercedes and buying their mistresses fancy freaking fur coats. And that diverse attorney, when the wife finds out what the hell the doctor has been doing behind her back. These are the medical monsters that need to be hung in Gitmo. I'm just thanking God every day that our little girl did not get permanently damaged by that vaccine, whatever the hell it was, because it definitely took her personality away for a good solid month. And unfortunately for this lady that we heard in the first audio, three kids out for the count, seemingly permanently. And it's sad. Like Destry says right here, treat the symptoms instead of the cause the you know, the the cause that they created. See, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, and I know this to be true because you know, we happen to know some people that are doctors, right? And I've asked this question and it's actually widely, actually, it's widely known. I've heard it and elsewhere too. So I know this is to be a very true fact, but did you know when people go to school, medical school to become a doctor, they go through what, like eight, 10 years worth of schooling? Did you know in the eight or 10 years or whatever it is, uh, we'll just call it 10 years. Did you know in all those years of going to school to be a medical doctor, did you know that when it comes to dietary uh, education and like eating right, proper, proper eating, did you know they only get like 32 hours or 40 hours, something to that effect? I think it was like somewhere between 32 and 40 hours in 10 years of schooling on the importance of proper eating. Did you know that? So basically what they're doing is they're saying, it's like giving a, 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 a contractor who builds houses here's a hammer and here's a saw start building a house they're gonna be like what what am i going to do with a hammer and a saw i can't build a house with this well that's what basically the medical institution does for doctors here is this tool here is that tool you're not here to cure you're just here to just keep the sickness going we're going to make you believe that you're here to cure But in reality, you're keeping them in a state of dis-ease the more you push these pills. My wife was just saying right here in the chat, oh, yes, I live that. I was treated for symptoms, in quotes, right, when it was just side effects from the previous prescription. And I was um, on about six at once until I realized that they never tried getting to the root cause with the first issue. Destry says, I doctor up things with a welder and grinder. (laughs) That's the Alaska way right there, baby. (laughs) So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you haven't seen the fall of the cabal, this was the sequel. You can find it on BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E, BitChute. Okay, it's like another form of YouTube. Just type in fall of the cabal and then sequel right next to it and it'll pop up. Okay. There's like, I can't remember 19 or 20 parts to it or something like that. Um, I'm going to be getting into different parts about this because a lot of people have not watched these full video series. Now, granted, I don't have the time to play all the video series right here on the air. So what I'm going to do is try to, you know, cherry pick, you know, key audio pieces and I'm going to pull them and I'll play them on here. We'll have, when the, you know, we'll have a discussion. But people need to start waking up. We need to get people awakened because people, for some reason, it seems like people are starting to kind of fall into a slumber again. Like they're like I'm hearing people saying, you know, I just don't know if I believe in the tunnels and, you know, the child trafficking. And I just don't know if I believe in any of that. I just don't believe that Biden's, you know, yeah, I think Biden is our president. I don't believe Trump is our commander in chief. Like people are starting to like talk like that. It's like, whoa, 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 what are you watching? What are you listening to? Like, are you getting a spell again put over you? Like, what's going on? So we need to wake people up. It's time to freaking get more radical in getting people snapped out of it. We got, yo, McFly, wake up. We have a country to save. It's called Reassemble Your State, which, by the way, national-assembly.net. You want to learn more about it? www.national-assembly.net. Go to the forums. Find out. Find your state, get active in the chats with people in your local area and see what's going on in your state and get in contact with a communication secretary so you can get involved. I can't really say this any other way or any more urgent. I'm just going to keep putting it out there until people start doing it. I mean, I really don't know how else to do it. I don't really know else how to say it. So, again, this whole purpose of tonight's show is to get you aware, to get you to share this podcast with other people, people who are still asleep, okay? Look, they don't have to believe me, and and if you are a new listener and and somebody shared this show with you, this goes out to you. I am, again, I'm not a professional medical expert, but what I am trying to help you realize is you need to realize you have a brain. And you need to exercise critical thinking. And I hope this doesn't offend you, but quite frankly, if it does, I don't care. You have to exercise critical thinking because the establishment does not want people to critically think and solve problems. They want to keep being in charge. They want to keep the boot on their throat because they want to keep profiting off of us, the slaves of this this country. Jason, how how could you say that? We're in America, the freest nation in the world. Are we? Take a look around, stop paying taxes on your house for a year or two. Even if your house is paid off, you tell me if you're still gonna have a home or if you're gonna be homeless, you let me know if we're still the freest land in the world. I'm telling you right now, you need to start waking up folks. Share this with your friends, family, and colleagues, because people need to hear this information. Nobody has ever heard of that, the video series, Follow the Cabal. They'll be like, what the hell is that? Well, this will hopefully entice them to want to listen to more of it. Again, bit shoot, follow the cabal. And then if you want to find the second part, just type "sequel" at the end of it. So anyway, that's all I got for you. Remember, as Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us here at His Our Line. You guys are amazing. Remember, ask Jesus to be in your heart. He will not steer you wrong. Everything is going to be just fine. Okay. You just have to turn to God in all matters. Do not fear. That's why it says fear not over 365 times in the Bible. Okay. But you also have to be part of the solution. You have to be part of the solution. And back to the whole paying your mortgage thing, like, like Destry was saying, right? And the taxes, he says, stop paying your rent to the crown on the land. You think you own and see what happens. That's right. You'll get evicted. Even if your house is quote unquote, pay it off, you'll get evicted. Stop paying the bribes to enjoy your rights and see what happens. That's white. Right. That's all you're doing is you're paying for bribes. That's it. You're paying the bribes to enjoy the rights you think you have. Do you want your freedom back? Start being part of the solution. Get involved in your local assembly. That's all I got for you, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you all have a great day or night, wherever you're at in the world, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, Remember ladies and gentlemen We are firm We are steadfast And we are uncompromising uncompromising. The enemy Has crossed that line for the last time It is up to people like you and I To hold that line They've crossed the line Way too many times And it is time for us to stand up this republic And get after it We gotta do this for God we got to do this for our families. We got to do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. here at his, his heart we'll see, we'll you, see back you back here, here next, next time okay ladies and gentlemen you know what i totally forgot to do the prayer i had it right here in front of me too i have my notes and everything and i have my prayer all typed out ready to go and i cannot believe nancy says wait <laughs> no prayer tonight no, we're going to do a prayer. I just was completely an idiot, uh, uh, being a complete idiot and com- just overlooked it. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen, so let's do the prayer. <laughs> oh, my. That's embarrassing. Wait, let's, that deserves a big fail sign or a fail sound. That was an epic, epic fail. I just can't believe that. Okay. Heavenly Father. With hearts full of gratitude we come before you acknowledging the precious gifts of life that you have bestowed upon us and we thank you for the breath in our lungs and the beat of our hearts and the journey of each new day and we are truly grateful for the blessings of good health that allow us to navigate this world with strength and vitality and in the moments of joy and happiness we recognize your hard work at uh, your hard uh, your hand at work excuse me your hand at work And we express our thankfulness for the warmth of laughter and the embrace of loved ones and the simple joys that color our days. You are the provider of our needs. And for this, we are truly thankful. Your your provision sustains us and we are mindful of the abundance that surrounds us. Father, we also bring before you, even those who may stand as adversaries in our lives, grant us the grace to view them with compassion. And we may earnestly pray for their redemption. And may you tran—you know—may your transformative love touch their hearts, leading them towards understanding and forgiveness and reconciliation. And help us to extend the same love and forgiveness that you generously offer to us. And then in this moment of gratitude, we lift our hearts up to you, our Creator, our Father in Heaven, our Sustainer. And may our lives be a testament to your goodness. And may we walk in the light of your love. In your Holy Son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies for that. Thank you. That was a good catch on that, Nancy. I would have listened to this on the on the download side, and I would have been like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot the prayer. How could I do that? I'm so sorry." Well, thank you for that. And this is this is why they pay you guys the big bucks, right? This is (laughs) why Nancy's like, I don't know about you, Jason. Nobody's sending me a check in the mail. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a good night. We'll see you back here later. (laughs)
3: Bye-bye.